piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of night come in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? It's Monday, and it's a brand new episode, a brand new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, and I am joined by the cast, the crew, Zach. Hey, what's up, guys? Craig. What's poppin'? Hallelujah, another Monday and another Nicolas Cage movie, back-to-back weeks of Nick Cage. Um... I'm excited. We're talking face-off today. We're also bringing back the top five after a week of absence. Um, we got some people joining in here. So I'm excited. Nicholas Cage. Uh, it is finally time. We're going to talk face-off. It's a movie that I've been wanting to talk about for a long, long time. Um, directed by John Woo. And... Uh, before we get into the movie today, let's take a look back. Last week, guys, we talked about the unbearable weight of massive talent. Pedro Pascal, Nicolas Cage. If you have not seen it, go back and check it out. Fun episode. Um, nice conversation that me and Craig and Edward had. So uh, go back and, and check it out. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, if you want to find any of our links to the show, it is all on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast, the Instagram slash Cinnamon Movie Podcast, the Twitter is Cinnamon405, and then you can email us at C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. But before we get into uh, today's episode, guys, how was the weekend? Uh, Craig, I want to start with you because last week I talked to you about the uh, OU Red and White game. Did you get to go to it? I didn't go to it. Um <clears throat> had a, a baby shower over the weekend. So I different duties that were needed to be done. So stayed home, watch it. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, football's back for a little <laughs> bit. Um, was did I, did I see that score though? Was that a basketball score? Was it like in the eighties? No. So uh, Venables came up with a different kind of scoring because, you know, he's, he's trying to, um, you know, he notices all their hard work and he's like, you know, in order for people to kind of see and reap the benefits of all the hard work, they implemented a, diff- a different scoring style. So you get a pass breakup, you get a couple points on defense, you get a sack, you get a couple points on defense, you hold them to a punt, et cetera, et cetera. Offense, the same thing. You get a first down, you get. So it was just kind of like a, a scoring system for a spring game where it's like, you know, you've put in all this hard work. We're going to we're going to give you points for that hard work that you're able to put in and, and and give you something to show for it. Is that something a lot of other teams do, or is that just something that Oklahoma started doing? They, they came up with that on a Thursday before the spring game, right before the spring game. That's crazy. Um, so Craig, busy weekend. Uh, Zach, what about you? Did you have, what, what kind of weekend did you have? Um, it was kind of laid back, honestly. Um, I'm sure you guys may or may not know I'm having just some knee knee surgery at the end of May, so I'm just trying to get some things taken care of before I'm down for a couple of weeks. Um, other than that, it was, yeah, pretty much laid back. You got to get a Nintendo Switch. 
Yeah, yeah, because you know, after seeing the, after seeing Super Mario, I'm kind of in the mood to play some Super Mario now. <clears throat> Is it insane that we are almost halfway done with the year? Jesus, dude! April came and gone. This is officially the last episode of April, and then it's on to May. And yeah. uh, man, once once you're done with May, it's it's over. Yeah, because then, then it's summertime. You roll right into football. Football is going to go by faster than because <clears throat> it's it's crazy. We got we got Indiana Jones talking that we're going to be talking about in at the end of June. We got Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. We got the Flash. Got Guardians um, in a couple weeks. Guardians in two yeah. weeks. Two weeks from today, we're going to be talking about Guardians Volume Three. And early reviews yep. are out, and some of the early reviews are reading that it's uh, the best Marvel movie since Endgame. Some of the other reviews are saying that it's it's a tearful joy because it's so sad. There's two post credit scenes, so it's I think it's going to be good. Um, this is the first movie kicking off Phase Five, though, right? I think it is. Yeah. 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 Um. Speaking of that, guys, we're not going to wait around any longer. It's time to get into today's top, top five. five. We are talking our top five Nicolas Cage movies. It has been a, uh, it's been a fun week, fun few weeks of just diving in and, and talking Nick Cage. Um, I think we definitely have to pick up some more movies from him later on in the year. Uh, but for now, let's 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 get into it. Zach, do you have any honorable mentions or anybody else? Um, yeah, I'm gonna say uh, Wind Talkers, uh, Drive Angry, and my first my official honorable mention is Next, the one with uh, Jessica Biel and Jillian Moore. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that movie. Um, I'm gonna say Willie's Wonderland, Snake Eyes, and The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and the National Treasure movies. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna kind of piggyback off of you, uh, National Treasure movies. Um, and then since he's not really the main voice, I'm gonna say Into the Spider Verse. So. All right. And guys, if you want to share your honorable mentions or your top five Nick Cage movies, hit us up on the social medias. Um, you guys can uh, email us and hit us up right there like we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Um, Zach, let's start with you. Number five. Uh, number five for me is his brand new movie, Renfield. I uh, saw it last week or when it was when it debuted. Um, the movie... Overall, I'd probably give it a seven, but it, Nicolas Cage as Dracula, you would never think in a million years would work. But it just, you know, oh, it, he just brings his own. It brings his own style, and he he's definitely the best part of the film. And I was like, I was like, and they did a really good job of not doing like too much of him, just using him in the exact moments. And yeah, it was it was it was a really fun fever dream of a movie. So uh, number five is Renfield. We'll probably about it when it hits Blu-ray, but I'm going to ask you now. It didn't make any money at the box office. Do you think it gets a sequel? No. No? No. That's a shame. Unfortunately. Uh, number five for me is going to be World Trade Center from 2006. Um, the movie just 
five years after after the impact of you know nine eleven hit. I think the movie was probably a little too soon, but Nicolas Cage is definitely a uh, a uh, a joy in that movie, and he definitely brings a, he he plays a New Yorker very very well. I'll say it that way. Um, and for me, I'm gonna spoiler alert. Um, the movie where he won an Oscar, uh, Leaving Las Vegas, is not on my list because I've never mm-hmm. seen it. I'm on the hunt for it. Been on the hunt for it, but just a heads up, it's not on my list. So hitting the hitting the vintage stock Blu-ray shelves, trying to find it. <laughs> but yeah, number five for me is going to be a uh, World Trade Center. Craig, what about you? Uh, short and sweet. Number five for me is going to be the first Ghost Rider. I think he plays a badass uh, Ghost Rider. Um, you know, not part of the MCU, but I think that a revival from him would probably be pretty solid in the MCU. So, uh, Zach, number four. Um, jumping right off of you, Craig. Uh, number four is Ghost Rider. Um, probably one of the better, I guess, non-MCU films that you know they've probably made. Um, there's a little bit of caginess to the role, but I think it's expected, especially what that character is. Um, just, I remember, I haven't seen it in forever, but I just remember, just it, I saw it in the theater, and I just remember it being really fun and enjoyable and still had a little... It was trying to be a superhero movie, but still have a lot, lot horror, horror elements in it, and yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's where it succeeded the most. So, I forgot. I can, I've watched it over the weekend. I completely fought, forgot that the, uh, the man Sam Elliott's in that movie. Oh yeah, he's the cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Um, number four for me is going to be Joe from 2013. He plays a ex kind of an ex-con with some the past kind of catches up with him a little bit but um watching for the first time over the last few weeks and it is i I like that word that you brought up zach very caginess um but he Mm -hmm. delivers and he has a a brilliant role and uh, i highly recommend that movie so number four for me is going to be uh joe from 2013 uh number four for me is going to be the movie we're talking about today, Face Off. Are you having fun yet, Craig? I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm with you guys. <laughs> I should have pronounced it different. And Face Off, he's like, you don't look like you're having any fun. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I, was, I thought you were going that route, but I wasn't sure. So I was like, all right. Zach, number three? Uh, number three is one that I, th- I think it's probably his most underrated film in the, the terms of what he's done probably the last i think this movie came out in 2009 i think 2010 something like that uh number three is knowing uh the one where he's like trying to prevent like the natural zap the end of the world from happening with a list of numbers from yep. that he got from his son um really really enjoyed it um i think it's a really really fun um basically a countdown to the apocalypse in a certain way um really i, re- I just remember like seeing I saw that I saw that in the theater. I just remember seeing like the plane crash sequence and I was like, wow, that's that's actually really well done for it to be just like a little kind of a low budget type thriller type yeah. film. It feels like uh, that Shyamalan. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. So uh yeah, deserve very deserving to be on the list, so that's uh, number 3. Number 3 for me is going to be uh, a tie um between adaptation and Moonstruck. So um, if you have not seen Adaptation, it's, it's it's a pretty – it's not for everybody, but it's one of those movies where he's pretty much a drunk screenwriter. 
And then Moonstruck, he's a one-armed man who falls in love with Cher. And it, mm-hmm. it's a funny comedy. And uh, it's it's got 80s romantic comedies just splattered all over it. So uh, number three is a tie between Adaptation and Moonstruck for me. Craig, number three. Uh, number three for me is going to be uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, I'm really, I really enjoy that movie for some reason. Just the fact that uh, Nick Good. Cage is playing himself, and you see all these other actors that aren't themselves. Uh, I think the story of it was really good. The acting, the chemistry. Um, I say the acting; it was very Cageish. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was. One that, <laughs> It's growing on me so far. So, Zach, number two. Uh, number two, I think. Uh, number two is going to be Pig. I think it's probably his best performance that he's done in quite some time. And for it to be just a little, I want to say maybe it's not even a two million dollar budget film. Yeah, it has a lot of like thematical themes about just like loss and just trying to find your find your place in the world. And I mean, I think. I think the biggest thing, if you go in thinking this is John Wick with a pig, you're going to be very disappointed. Just go in expecting just like a little drama, and I think you would really enjoy it. Like I said, Cage, Nicholas Cage is phenomenal in it. It's kind of an insult that he didn't get any recognition for that role because, I, you know, I, got, I, I sent you guys the link of the 60 Minutes interview that he did last night, and he says that was his like most his favorite film he's done in quite some time. So, and I, I agree that, with that. So, that was his uncut gems. It was, yes. Uh, so yeah, number two is Pig. Uh, I won't spend too much time on it because we're talking about it today. We're talking uh, Face Off. Number two for me is Face Off. Craig, what about you? Uh, number two for me, Zach, I agree with you. I think it's one of his lesser known, uh, not lesser known, but uh, underrated knowing. Um, mm-hmm. Watched it at church one time uh, when we were doing a um, kind of like a lock, a lock-in retreat or whatever nicholas cage um, at church that's the yeah. kind of church i need to go to <laughs> no i mean <laughs> hell it's, yeah it's, but i mean you look at it he was also in left behind which is very biblical yeah. um you know I, I feel like you know it may be one of those things where he just takes any role that he feels like is a good story um mm-hmm. but uh, even though left behind wasn't ideally the best acted movie i've seen um it's still hold some weight when you watch it um same thing with knowing it held, it holds weight when you watch it um it's it pulls you in from start to finish uh and it's just a movie that every time i watch it it's it's a movie that really pulls me in and uh i enjoy it so that's my number two number one zach uh number one you both had it in your audible mentions uh Probably my favorite Nicolas Cage. Just Nicolas Cage movie overall is National Treasure. The first one, I, I really, I also like Book of Secrets as well. But the first one just was just so, it was just such a, I mean, you could call it Indiana Jones with Nicolas Cage, just in a sense. Um, but but it was just a fun film. And I just, I don't understand, you know, the first one was good. The second, the second one was pretty cool. I'm waiting on the third one. Obviously, I don't know if that's really going to happen since I don't know if you guys saw the Disney Plus series was canceled yesterday. Yeah. Which, I mean. They said his cameo was cut before it was filming. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, those are fun movies. Check them out on Disney Plus and Disney National Treasure 3. Billion dollar idea. Just go for it. So that's my number one. 
I'm pretty sure with how much with how popular Nick Cage has gotten in the last few years, I'm sure you know they'll figure something out. Yeah, they they both yeah. need, they both could use each other. And maybe maybe that's why they did cut that because they were like, you know what, we don't need a spinoff. We need Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. Zach, true. did you get to rewatch those National Treasure movies before today? Uh, not today. I, I rewatched them a couple months ago, and they still hold up. They're still really really fun movies. I watched uh, the first one for the first time in a long time over the weekend, and it was fun. I didn't get to watch the second one, but hopefully I get to watch it soon. Uh, number one for me is is going to be Pig. Um, mm. I was blown away by that movie the first blown time I seen it. Blown away. Blown away. <laughs> and uh, I was, I was uh, entertained from start to finish, and I've watched it twice since then. And it's, it, is, it is, to me, one of his performances that he probably should have got recognition, more recognition for over the last, this weekend. over the last probably 15 years. So, um, and you know what, before I watched pig in 2021 face off was number one for me. So, wow. uh, Craig, what about you? What's number one, uh, number one for me is going to be gone in 60 seconds. Uh, uh that's just, it, it's, you know, con is the movie that everybody kind of, talks about when they talk about Nick Cage to me it's it's kind of 60 seconds I mean Angelina Jolie Timothy Oliphant mm-hmm. Nick Cage obviously you know I, um, I, I rewatched that over the week that was the Fast and the Furious before the Fast and the Furious came out yeah, yeah. that's I the mean, way it, those movies should have went it was the, the cars the especially Eleanor just it like you said, it was the Fast and Furious before Fast and Furious. Um, it was definitely a, a hit for the 90s, or I think it came out in the 2000, 2000. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's my number one. Nice. That's that, when I hear nice. Nick Cage, that's the movie I think of. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, my number one is like when I think of Nicolas Cage, that National Treasure just comes to mind. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, guys, well, let's get into it. Um, today we're talking all about Face Off. Um, IMDb has it at 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes is at 92%. The Metascore is at 82%, while the Google users have it at 85%. Um, it came out June 27, 1997, um, with a budget of $80 million. It grossed a little over $246 million at the box office. To foil a terrorist plot, an FBI agent goes under facial transplant surgery to assume the identity of criminal mastermind who murdered his only son, but the criminal wakes up prematurely and seeks revenge. Uh, Starring John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, Joan Allen, Gina Gershon, Alessandro Nivolia, and uh, directed by John Woo. And uh, I let's get started because I'm not having any fun yet. Um, Craig, I want to start with you. Uh, (laughs) You know, like like you said last week, I brought up the church scene to you where he's, you know, having fun, twirling his head in in the in the convention center. He's dressed like uh, a priest. priest. And uh, first time watch over the week, man. What'd you think? Uh, initially I, I was dreading the start of this movie. Um, but then once it started getting going, I was like, okay. Like, so when this movie first came out, I'm almost sure like the, whatever people were like, oh, that's where this is going. It probably hit them like the sixth sense. 
But to me, like when they were like, oh, you can go undercover as blah, blah, blah to the prison. I was like, oh, okay, this is where we're going. So I was hooked from that point on. So for like 30 minutes in, I was hooked. I was intrigued. I love the fact that um, it almost flipped the entire script of what you thought it was going to be on up, upside its head. Because at some point you were you were rooting for Pollux Troy, which was Sean Archer and like it's like you wanted the good bad guys to be good because you knew the good guys weren't doing what was right so it was like it was very emotionally turntable and you just weren't sure which way you were rooting for but yeah it was it was a fun watch uh i'll keep mine short and sweet so we can get to zach uh i grew up on this movie this is nick cage to me throughout the entire film his eyes getting wide um he's completely uh cartoonish in this movie the action, the action is fun. It's unhinged, um, but it's just completely uh, – <clears throat> it's, it's Nick Cage at, at its best. Uh, and then we'll get into it. Zach, what about you? First initial watch, what would you think after the movie? Yeah, this was my first watch. Um, you know, I got to <laughs> – I got to say, you know, doing this podcast, I will say, it's opened my eyes to a lot of just <laughs> just films that I I, per- I really was <laughs> – I was proud of myself that I had not seen Face Off up in, hey, until I was 30, 31 years old. And so the fact that we finally did this movie, I was just like, all right, fine. You know, you, you want to do it. Let's talk about it. And I got to say, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I didn't think I would. But, I was like, all right. <laughs> but like the, the feel to the movie was, was very old school action. And like it was when I was watching it, I was like, "This is what I remember old school action movies being." And yeah, for for me to kind of be able to go back in the past and watch a movie for the first time where it was very action driven, um, you know, all the explosions were real, everything was was the practical the the stunts. I know I'm kind of jumping ahead. The stunt people on the boats when they're crashing those boats (laughs) at the end, I was just like. Like this, I mean, movie was. Very I mean, it well was made. very. I mean, it was very. The action in this, I mean, and this is really not an insult. It was very Michael Bayish, where it's just like, wow, this is. They actually put time and effort and to make it look as real as they could. Yeah. Um. The uh the airplane tarmac sequence, which is basically the original Fast and Furious <laughs> Six airplane sequence, where it's just like, oh, so it's just gonna keep going, and crash into the hangar. It's just like there were. There was one scene in particular where I was just like, oh, my God, you could actually see, like, the wire dragging that stepman across the room. But, I mean, it – I agree with you, Craig. It is definitely – this is what – growing up in the 90s, this is the type of stuff that I remember. It was like, looking back on it now, is it really good? Eh, I don't know. I mean, it's up up for debate. But, I mean, it's – it was definitely that – it was definitely – those were action movies of the time. And this definitely is, like, the representation of it. And, like – in the whole, I, I was kind of like, man, this, this movie's a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, it, it sits at like two hours and almost two twenty. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, was, it felt long. <clears throat> but when when I'm sitting there watching it, I'm like, okay, it's an action thriller. It's kind of sci-fi ish. It's got some some thriller sequences in it. It's, it's a prison. It, it's comedy. It's a prison break movie. Um, it's a face swap so there's really like every single aspect of the film 
John Travolta has to go through, Nick Cage has to go through, and it starts mm-hmm. off at the beginning with Nicolas Cage and that weird-looking mustache <laughs> shooting John Travolta, kills the kid. Um, what'd you think of just that that they, that opening scene and then going into the airplane uh, capture scene where he finally gets Castro Troy? Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's just something that you never want to happen. It, you know, it's like if you want to kill me, kill me, but don't. Nobody likes seeing know. kids die in movies, right? Except for Ed, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it was just it was kind of like you know, like oh, like you just kind of ball your fist and you're like oh, off the bat, like that's where we're going well, with it. And then, well, and the and the crazy thing is, is you can't. That was definitely something of the 90, 80s and nineties that you can get away with today, like like doing that type of sequence. I don't think you can get away with that today in in today's world. <clears throat> um, not the way they did it. No, it would have to be different. Yeah, yeah. I like I like John Travolta's Archer character, like the obsession. Like it's been what what did it say it was like six years since his son's death, and that's something this is like all that, he's yeah. been. This is all he's been like trying to. He's just trying to get Caster this entire time, and I like how even <laughs> during the escape sequence on the plane, Caster's like, "Oh, here comes Archer!" Like he, like he knows that this is the person that's been after him this whole Tom time. So I thought style. that, yeah, it was, yeah. This, well, this is actually a better movie than the Tom and Jerry remake. So what does that gotta yeah. say? What's <laughs> <laughs> what's you know the detail work that goes into this movie for those of you that just you know say you're watching this podcast and you're like oh i've never seen it it's it's a 90s looks like a, a cheesy 90s action movie there's so much more detail in a movie like this than you think would not be yeah. going all the way down to you know i know i'm skipping ahead but like later on in the movie um they 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 presented john travolta with like a bottle of uh, champagne and they're like hey congratulations you know this got sent by you know and he picks it up and he's still bitter because he's like, yeah, I captured him, but look at how many people the team had to lose yeah, before yeah. we captured this guy. Um, yeah. And then some of the detailed scenes, like when he remembers uh, Pollux's uh, medicine in the prison scene. Yeah. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. I had to hand feed you those the, the, the medicine. I remember all those all those pills. That's kind of some things that you don't think about when you're watching a movie like this. Like, man. You know, yeah, it's easy to swap faces and put him in his body and him in his situation, but the director and the writers put those small sequences in of them remembering. Well, it, and I think I think that adds to <laughs> Archer's character because it shows just how obsessed he was with Troy. Yeah. Um, and you know, it it works. The 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 face swap works because he is so obsessive with them. And like they said at the beginning, they're you know when they're talking to him about it, they're like, "You're the only person that can do this because you're the only one that's been eating, eat, sleep, and breathing." Troy Pollux, uh, Pollux mm-hmm. Troy. Did they do that on purpose? Why it's backwards? Is that like because they're FBI agents? They do the last name first or something? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I um, yeah, the it, it just this movie worked. You know, even though the I, even though I knew initially, I was like, he's the gonna idea. face swap. Yeah, he's gonna come back somehow, and he's gonna get his face, or he's gonna get locked in there. Like they're gonna frame him for something that Troy Polis did, and it mm-hmm. just worked. Even though I knew 
pretty much what the plot was. And hey, I, hey. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I like how, you know, when he gets back into prison and people are picking on him and they're like, you know, what's up with this guy? He's like, oh, you slept with his wife. <clears throat> it's like, well, I don't remember. You know, he's like making stuff up. He's like, I was in a coma. Mm -hmm. You have to... The little details that he wouldn't have found out, no matter how obsessed he was with them, you know, he, he was able to figure out a way to get it. Yeah. And um, it was just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, every bit of it. Well, and I think that the the dialogue in this movie, well, it is very nineties cliche. I think it takes care of a lot of just the, like the fine details, like when they actually do the transplant of the faces. It's just like, oh yeah, these are like high powered lasers that could just heal the scars and just it just takes care of everything it's just like okay you know when, when you were talking about the dialogue i thought you were going to talk about you know could you eat a peach for hours zach yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, well I mean. you know back in back in that time we didn't know what technology was going to be like yeah in 10 15 years because of how fast it was accelerating so the the thought of that laser being able to do that and the 3d scanning and printing which we do have 3d printing now but to that level we we you know we were a bit off but the thought process of coming up with the ideas for that i mean it's genius honestly well the funny thing is this movie this this movie really went through developmental hell when it was being made um john woo i he's very much a uh character driven uh director when he's making movies and i think that's that really shows through in this um you know some of it is a little you know, dramedy, you know, cliche. yeah, cliche. Um, but the funny thing is, is like, this was originally supposed to be set like in a science, like a futuristic science fiction planet type thing, which it kind of, you can kind of see the bare bones of that when he's like in the prison and he's wearing like the metal boots that yeah. only makes him walk in certain ways. But John Travolta and Nicolas Cage were not the original <laughs> actors to be cast in this trio or this, this duo. So <laughs> originally it was going to be Stallone and Schwarzenegger. And then Which they got it, their own prison break movie. Yeah, truly. Like when they got to, when Nicholas Cage gets up to the, out of the prison, it, it is realized it's like a oil rig in the middle of the ocean. I was like, Oh, so this is escape plan. <laughs> is there a way to they copy <laughs> that in a way? Um, and then I think it was Michael Douglas and Harrison Ford. Cause he was a producer on this movie. And then I think at one point it was Bruce Willis and Adam Balt uh, Adam Baldwin. No, Ugh. Bruce no. Willis I think would have worked. Alan Bruce Baldwin. Willis would have worked. Alan, yeah, uh, Alex Baldwin. I'm sorry, Alex, Alex Baldwin. <laughs> I think Bruce Willis money? and Bruce Willis and Keanu. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they were both action, High but the when. when when Archer flips that switch in the prison and he's like, I, I was just like, I was so funny. Like you kind of, like, you kind of get like a little, your, uh, your stomach kind of turns a little bit when, when Nicholas Cage is looking up and he, you know, he's, he sees John Travolta for the first time. Like, Whoa, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then the, the three people who know that he's in that situation have been okay. killed. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Which even, I thought even was you see it coming, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and you know, but that's the thing. I think this movie it it doesn't 
it doesn't make you think like, oh, it, like you could le- you could easily pick up the strings of this and it would just immediately fall apart. But you just don't do it. You're just like, okay, you know, he killed off the three people that knew that John Travolta is in that situation. And but how is he going to get himself out of it? It's just like it just it just, just takes care of it for you, I guess, I in mean, a way. I guess there are some strings that you could pick out to make it unravel, but like they said, it's it's off the books. There was yeah. nobody proved this mission it was just those three and and archer that agreed to it he, i don't think he you know he really didn't tell his wife what was going on he didn't tell anybody else what was going on so theoretically if you were to kill those three and if the the surgery was as seamless as they made it sound and as you know um you know realistic as they were made to make it look like there really wasn't any way for him to disprove it I did think, however, whenever he was going to the electrical chair, I didn't think it was to escape. I thought he was going to use it to blow that microchip so that he could start talking like Archer and try to get oh, out yeah. that way. Um, yeah. But, there, of course, it's an action movie, so they did it the guns blazing way. What was more fun? Nick Cage being Caster Troy, like the original Caster Troy, or John Travolta being Caster Troy? What did you guys enjoy seeing more? I think Nicolas Cage as Catcher Troy works because works better because there are times when John Travolta it's just <coughs> I mean you can you can clearly tell that John Travolta is doing what Nicolas Cage would do in those situations. It's just, it's just kind of cringy a little bit and doesn't yeah. really work in certain scenes. Like when John Travolta got the cigarettes and was like, "Papa's got a brand new bag," you know, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. that, that that didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> but I enjoyed seeing. I enjoyed seeing Nick Cage. Yeah. Being... He was able to pull off really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nick Cage is, man. But when when John Travolta <laughs> was doing that whole spiel, acting as, uh, you know, uh, Troy Pollux is, as John Travolta, I got Be Cool vibes. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, he's like trying to be smooth and, and all kinds of stuff. And it just, like you said, John Travolta in that day and age didn't work out as like the small smooth cool cat like in greece yes it worked but yeah. his his body his persona his style just doesn't work like that in the 2000s which it, it did it made it kind of cringe but it was funny because you knew it was him trying to act as if he was nick cage so that made it funny yeah Let, let's talk about the relationship with the brother what did you guys think you know Starting from the beginning, when Nick Cage bends down and, and ties his shoe, uh, what did you guys think of Alessandro playing uh, Pollock? I wish him and Travolta as Nick Cage had more interaction. Like when he's actually inside the prison, I felt like mm-hmm. it was a very quick turnaround for him to get out of the prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of. And the I opposite. could go ahead. No, I just I couldn't tell if the actor would like he. I couldn't tell if the actor was trying to like if is he trying to be just like a little autistic or something like that. It just it really like you could tell that he was like quote unquote the smart brother, but you could tell that there was something wrong with him, but like you couldn't yeah. really like put your finger on it. Yeah, and the the I, like you said, I don't know if it was his characteristics or if the guy the way the guy was acting, but I couldn't tell if he knew like I knew at the beginning he could tell that something was off and indifferent, but mm-hmm. it was just like he didn't trust him. 
who we did trust him to he immediately was out of prison. Like it was just too quick of a turnaround to make you think anything different. Yeah. I get that because like at first you're like in the prison fight scene where he's beating up the big dude, you know, he's like, he's leery. He's like, that's, that's not Castro because he's, yeah. you know, he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And then he turns around and tells him, Oh, the LA convention center is going to have to, is going to have to work. Like, so he, I, I get that point. Like there are some nitpicks about this movie. Um, and at first, when I first started falling in love with this movie, the brother was the negative point in the movie for me because I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, is he too handicapped? Is he trying to be too handicapped? But yet he's the one who like came up man. With, right. But he's the one who came up with the the, the plans plan, the and the mm-hmm. and the device. Uh, but yeah. this time around, I thought he was kind of. I don't date. think he was I used he was, enough. Exactly. Yeah. I was gonna. I was yeah. gonna say. I feel like he's Paul Dano-ish in this yeah. in this role. Yeah. yeah. If 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 they would have utilized <clears throat> him a little bit more and made him kind of just really show where they had him on that kind of crazy radar, and he, you and knew he he was kind of. I mean, look at Nick Cage's character. He's crazy. Yeah. So you know that he's on that spectrum somewhere. And he's a, yeah. he's a he's a great actor. We don't. I mean, he's in he's in some other movies that. We haven't talked about him enough, but he's in some movies like American Hustle. Uh, his recent movie is uh, The Many Saints of Newark he was mm-hmm. in. So if you guys want to check him out in that, go check it out on, on HBO Max. Um, John Travolta, man. I know this was a whole Nick Cage top five and a Nick Cage past few weeks, but I don't think John Travolta gets a lot of credit for this role. Maybe it's yeah. because he was outshined by Nick Cage, but... John Travolta for a little bit, guys. What do you what do you think? It ended up being a John Travolta movie, right? Like he was the main storyline. Nick Cage just takes it. It's the opposite. Yeah, John Travolta came in a mega movie star. Nick Cage came in a star, and then they both left the movie. Nick Cage became the mega star. John Travolta started fading off in the sunset. Yeah. So they both kind of swapped roles, literally in the movie and outside in in, in Hollywood. <laughs> Ironically enough. Look at you. Look at just <laughs> Johnny was like, it's there for the picking. I'm taking it. Um, just because like stuff after this, Nick Cage just like started becoming more and more just yeah. impactful in everything that he did. Um what'd you guys think of uh the interrogation scene? You know, the John Travolta's going through everything he can before he has to do the face swap. He brings in some of the thugs, one of the dudes shits his pants. John Travolta sounds like he's legit trying to not to bust out into laughing. Um, you know, the other dude uh, talks about his dead son. He puts a gun to his head. And then uh, Gina, who plays Sasha, Nick's, Nick, Nicholas Cage's ex-girlfriend in the movie. What do you guys think of the interrogation sequences? I feel like they... Too much? No, it was just like... It didn't feel like they were good enough interrogations. You know what I mean? It's like they just threw it in there because it, it is a. They, they, didn't, they didn't want you to think, oh, I have no other choice. I have to do the face off lift. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it was like the, I, I kind of agree with you. Right? It was like it, we have to do it just because we yeah. have to do it. There's it's like, there's really no. We have to do the interrogations. We have to find exactly. out the information. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I have even to... though he'd been following 
Pollock's joint for so long, he probably knew everything about that already. So they probably could have pieced it and worded it in that way. But mm-hmm. like you said, they, they had to show it just for the audience. Even some of the yeah. small, even more small details that I was thinking about when Nick Cage rubs his face up against the concrete wall and he's like, what are you doing? My face itches. Like, yeah, that's, you don't think of stuff like that when you watch one of these movies, but like, that's, that's yeah. genius, you know? Well, because they said they connected all the nerve endings, right. like it is mm-hmm. his face. Yeah, and so yeah. you know he's handcuffed, and he asked Tito to to scratch his face. Um, what do you guys think of? I I wrote this down because I thought it was pretty funny. The the ridiculous chin comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I think if you're gonna if you're gonna get two actors to um play each other, I mean, at some point you are gonna make fun of their their looks, Appearance. and so Travolta's butt chin. I mean, I think that Iconic. was just you know. It's, it's iconic. iconic and yeah. and you got if you're going to do it just go for it so they did I I didn't like how John Nick Cage Troy Caster Troy Pollux whatever whatever Caster Troy Caster Troy yeah uh, <laughs> Pollux is his brother anyways yeah. yes Nick Cage's character I don't like how they never told him that that was his son because she tells Nick Cage, when it's when he's John Travolta, Travolta, that hey, yeah. this is your son. Nobody's known. I've never told you. They never yeah. tell him in that movie, so he never finds out. Well, I think that would have been a good yeah. tension point, adding that to letting him know. Well, I think that it was so abundantly obvious that, like, okay, so however this is going to end, whether it be Travolta stays Nicolas Cage or he actually gets his real face back, the son's going to come live with him. I think it was just, you know, they set that up way early in the movie to be like, yeah. you know, he lost his real son, so they're going to just adopt <coughs> the ba- the bad kid so they, he can stop. He can, he, he He's not going to become Troy Caster in real life, so. Right, but I just, I wish they would have told him so that there was a tension point. Like, they could have used that really yeah. well movie for a tension point, and I feel like they didn't. You're... Uh, I feel like they let one loose. I know they didn't. They didn't. They they just didn't utilize something that was right there. I I think my biggest, the only scene I really had a problem with, which I get it because Nicholas Cage is the real Troy Caster, is such a sociopath, is that when John Travolta, well Nicholas Cage as John Travolta, um, goes to the family house and like he's like, it's like like a real rapey vibe when like he's like looking at the daughter talking on the phone. I was just like that. I get it. Like I get what they're doing, but they, they probably could have cut it out, you know? Cause like, I think you could have focused on the wife and like that whole dynamic, which they, they did primarily. It, it, it adds to the fact that he brought it up to him earlier in the film. Cause he's yeah. like, how's Jamie? Yeah. I bet she's yeah. ripe for the picking now. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was, I was going to bring up that same thing. Like, I think that's the only reason that it's okay that it's in there later on in the movie. You know, and I, I get now that there's this whole dynamic that probably would make it seem real. I mean, awkward. it should have been real weird and awkward, but I think the context behind why he did it, like you said, Johnny, makes it okay for that situation. Mm-hmm. Because as an audience, we know <coughs> that it's not really her dad. You know what but I mean? I, yeah. But I think that's also like perfect writing when it comes to we have to make 
Castro Troy is a scumbag. He's a terrorist. He will do yeah. whatever he can. No telling how old that, that girl was when he was in the um, priest outfit when he yeah. grabbed her ass. No telling how old she was. Yeah. So yeah. when he's sitting there before he gets captured saying if she's right for the picking, you know, you obviously I, I mean, if if well, this it, was a if this was a really hard R movie, I think he tries to do something to her. Yeah. And, and let's you know, as soon <clears throat> as he turns into Archer, the first thing he tells Archer is I'm going home to your wife. Like he let yeah. that's the first thing he lets know is yeah. like he's He's wearing the wedding ring. He tells him, "Like I'm going home to your very lonely wife." Which that so. that's a really good that's a really really good scene when the, they've officially swapped bodies and Nick and John Travolta well as Caster as John Travolta comes in and they it's just almost like a like a psychological warfare game of like yeah. you know um, Archer is just so like shocked and Nicholas Cage's body is just like. No, you're supposed to be dead. You didn't even have a face last time I saw you. So, like, how, how is this even possible? You yeah. guys, uh, do you guys get any horror movie vibes? Whenever, you know, Nicolas Cage wakes up and he, he has no face and he's got the cigarette in his mouth. So though. Cigarette. And he's, yeah, and he's listening. He's listening like the horror or the the classical music, and he's just applauding yeah. the the work of art. What do you guys think of that? Too I much? think it was good. No, I think they yeah. added it. It was for this time period it worked you know maybe yeah. in today's day and age they might try to take it the extra mile and make it super gory if they're going with the hard r i think yeah. the way that they only show the back part of his head and really only show it in the reflection it oh, takes yeah. away from how gruesome it really would have been but it mm -hmm. still gives you the visualization that he is walking around without a face yeah um over the rainbow apartment sequence shootout the yeah. shootout what'd you guys think of that I, you know, I, like I said, I think the, a lot of the action in this is it's very, you know, like I said, it's very Michael Bay over the top, but it's just like, okay, you know, it's, it's a 90s action movie. I wouldn't expect anything less from it. And so it's just like, you know, when they're coming through the windows or coming from the, the, um, the skylight roof uh, glass sequence, it's just, you know, they're coming from all different directions and, um, Something we didn't talk about, but the uh, the box that Troy Caster has of like the the guns, uh, the, the Wii, the guns, yeah. the Mentos, and everything. I thought it was a kind of a cool little character driven moment. But when Archer grabs the golden guns and starts shooting left and right, and he's actually, you know, one thing I do like is that Nicolas Cage does a very good job of emulating the sympathy that Archer has. And so during that whole entire shootout, he's not worried about. Uh, the girl. He's just worried about trying to keep the, the boy safe, and so yeah. I thought that was actually a good uh, character moment in that sequence. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't like when the brother and sister were leaving each other, and he kissed the the sister like that was his wife or his girl. And I'm like, I, I you know, because you didn't know anything <laughs> up to that point. You're just like they're brother and sister, and then they did it, and you're like, sweet. <laughs> Uh no, when the kid goes on like that little dance floor podium and they're all shooting around him and he's just like sitting there listening to that music, I'm like, if you would have died, kid, I felt no sympathy because yeah. you had everywhere to hide and you chose to go on a glass dance floor and just chill. When I first saw this movie, I thought that kid was gonna die, and I was like, oh dang, Nicholas Cage or John Travolta's character has to go through another kid shooting. 
Yeah. Because he's trying to protect yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like the so when when it's just them two and they're they're back to back on that mirror, and he's like, mm-hmm. we just have to shoot or uh like shoot he either says shoot ourselves or shoot each other. And they're looking in the mirror, and it's basically like they're shooting the other person because they are. They're in that body. They're looking in the mirror. It's the person that they have been spending six years trying to either get away from or kill or capture. And so I thought that was very um, unique in the the way that they use that artistic viewing as far as like, you know, I can kill you right here, even though he knows the bullet's going through the mirror to Archer and uh, Troy on the other side. They're still technically shooting the person that they're fighting in the mirror. I thought it was, I thought that was just a really cool scene. That was a, yeah, I agree with you, Craig. That was a very good visual representation of the, basically the entire situation at hand. It's like, you know, I can shoot you, but like you are me and I'm you. And either way we go, either way it goes, we're going to kill each other at this point. Uh, I, I enjoyed the funeral ending setup, the big, the big, you know, gun and boats at the end um mm-hmm. i feel like that was too I much feel like the very ending was a little too much <laughs> i did enjoy the boat scene because like i said those stuntmen that were doing all that stuff like mm-hmm. props to them because they legit collided those boats going like 50 60 yeah. and yeah the, you know they're hanging off the edge and feet on the water skiing on the water with just shoes like you said, very Michael Bayish, but yeah, props to the the stuntman in this movie. And uh, it's a weird, like, it's a weird detail to have, but like the spear gun <laughs> to, to take out uh, Nicholas uh, John Travolta's Nicholas Cage is kind of like, yeah, okay, that's like the perfect icing on that whole entire sequence. It's like, yeah, I would believe that. I, I like, let me. I like before before you go there. I just want to say I like the concept. Of John Travolta, know he's about or the real Castor Troy knows he's about to die, and he starts fucking up John Travolta's face. I did yeah. like that 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 part. Yeah, he's like, "You're gonna either see me or you're gonna know it was me for the rest of your life or whatever." Yeah, I was. Yeah. Do you guys think that uh, John Travolta should have stayed Nicolas Cage? Because by that point in the movie, his wife has kind of figured it out. I mean, well, she's figured out like the blood type and like the little clues that he's given that. Uh, he's given her which was another good detail yeah i it, i don't know just, there's just a part of me that thinks that it just would have been a better clean ending if he couldn't get his like real face back if he had to stay if john travolta had to stay nicholas cage in that situation see i'm, I'm the opposite i think it would have been a bittersweet ending and it wouldn't have felt like a real true ending if if that happened yeah, because it's almost like it's almost like John Travolta would have won. Yeah, he would have been able to sit there and haunt Troy Ca- or uh, Archer, Archer for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. just simply by letting but, him live in his body. But that, but that's I think that's kind of like a um, a beautiful uh, tragedy be- <laughs> tragedy of you spent your last six years chasing this guy and now you have to live him the rest of your life. John Travolta has to live as Nicolas Cage the rest of his life because of just this this obsession he's had with him and trying to catch him. 
That's sick, Zach. I, I, I like that. I like that ending. That sounds very yeah, directorish. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Hey, honestly, you better patent that because you could technically make a, a movie around this idea with that yeah. ending. And you know, I, I I did see that there was always plot details for a face off too, but it never went intuition. Face off. Perfect. Yeah. I, I thought that was really cliche. Like he's like face. See, but I think that was like the cage scene of the whole movie. Yeah. I was just like, I'm gonna take his eyes. I'm gonna take his nose. <laughs> just like like naming off all the face parts. It's just like, yeah, okay. That's like well, the caginess of it. So if two eighteen felt a little too long for you guys. How much? What? What was? Is there a scene that you could probably live without? And how much runtime would you take away? It felt long, <laughs> but I don't think I was ever like bored. Bored. I think the ending boat scene could have been cut down a little bit. I think you had enough story and conflict and action between Travolta and Cage you up could to have that just point. Ended at the funeral. Uh, yeah. yeah, you you could have had something yeah. end at the funeral. Yeah. Um, but the whole boat chasing added like another fifteen twenty onto it. Um, other than that, I wish they would have taken that 1520 and added it to the brother with Archer as Cage in the prison and kind of yeah. added to that detail in there. I would say, I think the movie kind of slowed down just, just in my opinion, when, it, when they got, when Travolta as Cage got to the apartment and they, he just kind of like was looking at like their hideout and everything. It was just like. I get what they're doing, and obviously it sets up that whole entire action sequence. It's just, I think we could have just, like, cut this down just a little bit. Um, this, Would you say this is 218? I think I think you could have easily made this, like, a tight two-hour movie. I think it would, yeah. have, been, I think it would have been good. And yeah. then I, I noticed the two small cameos in this movie. Danny Masterson was the boyfriend. Yeah. And then <laughs> did, you, did you guys see Thomas Jane in the prison? Yeah. Yeah. Like he was the he was the guy with. Was the he the crazy dude with the glasses? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The old Punisher yep. himself. Ironically. So, um, but yeah, guys, let's let's get into. Uh, I think I think we had a fun conversation here about uh, face off. Uh, what would you guys probably say if you had a favorite scene? Um, I'll go first. I'd say that. If, yeah. I mean, if, if you guys are still thinking, I had mine written down already. The apartment shootout sequence. Um, the beginning plane scene where Nick Cage just talks about peaches, sucks a little tongue. Uh, I thought that was a pretty fun scene. And then uh, the the capture, and well, which is the plane scene. And then the bomb, where Travolta dissembles the bomb and he's like an American hero. Yeah. yeah. He almost didn't get it, though. Yeah. Like, could yeah. you imagine 30 minutes in, bomb doesn't defuse? face off oops yeah <laughs> literally, literally blew his face off yeah what do i use that um i'm gonna say the airplane tarmac <laughs> chase uh the actual sean versus cast the ha- archer versus caster hangar fight where they're just kind of going through all the equipment and stuff um and then it, it's grotesque but i mean when uh uh caster wakes up and he has no face and it's just like the reflection of the sunglasses and he's just smoking the cigarette it's just like Give me a face. His face. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Craig? Uh, the the mirror scene I was talking about when it's just them two. Um, and then the, you know, Archer as Cage is in the prison. He's like, you have a visitor. And you're sitting there thinking that it's Tito just pulling him out already. 
because something went wrong <clears throat> ends up being uh cage as archer and you're just like so yeah. this is what we're doing here like you, yeah. you just know at that moment like he's screwed because there is no <coughs> you know you're like okay maybe there's still a way but it shows that he killed everybody i think that that really just like that sets the tempo of the movie right then and there that's where everything kind of ties itself together from the first 30 ish minutes and then you're yeah. just you're, you're full-blown from there on out yeah full-blown face-off uh star rating one out of ten if you guys have not joined us any for any episodes if this is your first episode uh one being absolute power of the dog shit ten probably being top gun maverick um star rating for face-off i'm gonna give this movie an eight um even after watching it all these years later it still holds up to me it's funny it's it's action-packed it's it's nick cage john travolta's face-off yeah that uh, I'm going to go just a little lower. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, I enjoy this fever dream of a movie. <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> but, like, you know, like Craig said, it works. You don't question it. it you know, it's something that it, it's definitely of its time. And I appreciate, you know, um, getting a chance to see it. Because otherwise, I don't think I would ever really watch it if it wasn't for this podcast. Um, yeah, Nicolas Cage. I, I think you're totally right, uh, Johnny. I think... John Travolta was a star, but Nicolas Cage came out being the bigger star out of this. And so, um, that, and that's big yeah. to say because Nick Cage won an Oscar before this. Yeah, right before so. this. Yep. So, yeah, right. I'm going to give it a seven. <clears throat> uh, I'm with you, Johnny. I'm going to give it an eight. Um, <laughs> literally only knew one, the opening scene from this movie. And I was just like, it's Nick Cage, it's John Travolta. I didn't even honestly know John Travolta was in it for the longest time. And then, like I started watching it and I was like, God, this movie's gonna suck. Like Johnny just showed me this because of the beginning. And I honestly Who? really enjoy it. I think I'm gonna watch this more times down the road. Like I don't <laughs> think this is just a one and done for me. And it's out of the two of the, out, of the, out of the two of us, Johnny, who do you think was gonna hate it more? Me or Craig? I thought I thought Craig was gonna or I thought Zach was gonna give this like a fucking four. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Zach was gonna hate this movie. I mean, it, it has its nitpicks. It has its its moments where it's aged, but yeah. overall, like I said, I had it's, I had it's a fun. fun time watching it. Do yeah. you guys yeah. think you would have enjoyed this before, more before or after watching the unbearable weight of massive talent? I, I enjoyed it more actually. I, I think I think adding that movie to him kind of explaining everything, yeah. It, yeah. it helped. I, I didn't know I mean, where to. I didn't know where to place which movie begin. You know, in the middle or right before the end of the month. And I was like, I think I'm going to do Unbearable Weight first, and then Face Off. So maybe they can get the. Because uh, I think Unbearable Weight kind of explains like the aura, the mystique that is Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. And if you were yeah. to go in thinking, oh, this guy Nick Cage is just some crazy dude <laughs> who's trying to be some top of the line actor you know obviously i've seen more nick cage stuff than, than just like national treasure and whatnot right. but yeah for the average person if you were to just give them these two movies and you did face off first and then unbearable weight i think the ratings would be significantly lower for both mm -hmm. but by swapping them i think it raises on both yeah so if you guys I mean, I, I, go I wasn't on unbearable weight but you know re-watching that movie it would I agree with you, Craig, but it really does explain just like the 
the summary and the essence of what Cage is and as an actor and everything. And it's just, it is a little, there are some moments in it. I mean, the Paddington 2 joke, it just cracks me up every single time, but it's just, it, it's a good movie that I agree with you, Johnny. I'm glad we did. Well, I'm glad we saw unbearable weight first and then did face off. Cause it makes a lot more sense in retrospect. Yeah. Um, so go, go, go check it out. If you guys have not seen face off yet, it's 25 years old. Uh, it's on Paramount plus, I believe. Um, or you can, you know, I, I own this perfect film, uh, on, on a hard copy. So go check it out next week. Um, I don't know why I just was looking at some Leo movies and I'm like, I want to talk Leo again. Hopefully the guys will understand and the guys won't mind it. But next week we're we're talking Leonardo DiCaprio again. We're talking Blood Diamond, May the first. We kind of got an extra week in May, so I was like, let's let's just do a Leo movie. Let's see what happens. I haven't seen Blood Diamond since it's in. Check this out. Since its initial theater run in 2006, um, wow. that's the last time I've seen Blood Diamond. I own it. I've never watched the Blu-ray, um, so I think it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting. I mean, you want to talk about... It's hard to believe this movie, Blood Diamond, is close to 17 years old. Just to, yeah. just to start with that. Uh, yeah. But when this movie came out, I mean, it was all the rave. Everybody mm-hmm. was talking about it. It was up for pretty much every award that I can remember. Mm-hmm. And it was um, one of those movies that not only was big during award season, but it was popular. Everybody had to go see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is the year we'll talk about it next week, but this is the same year that Leo did Blood Diamond and The Departed. And it was kind of a up in the air. What was he going to get nominated for? So and we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, I don't think we'll have a top five next week. I think we're just going to come straight in and, and talk all about Blood Diamond. It's probably going to get it's, it's worth the whole hour's conversation. Um, yeah. So next week we're going to we're going to talk Blood Diamond May the 1st. <clears throat> um, so. I'm excited. HBO, HBO Max it up. Yeah, and it's on HBO Max. Any mailbag this week? No mailbag this week. We probably will save some time for mailbag next week, um, depending on how long Blood Diamond runs. But, man, May is packed. We got Blood Diamond, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Passion of the Christ, Sicario, and then All Quiet on the Western Front. I think it's pronounced Cesario. Am I, am I remembering that wrong or right? Sicario, Cesario, Sicario, Maybe Cesaro. I'm just Cesaro. Did you and Ed? You, you and Ed did the Soldado, right? What like we did in the way in the back? Okay. Yeah. Uh, year one, uh, it won a poll. Sicario two. So yeah, why not talk about the first one, which I think is a far superior film than the second one. Yeah. So uh, next week, so. Blood Diamond. Next week, guys. Uh, any final thoughts on Face Off before we head out of here? If you've never seen Face It, just go watch it. Just just experience the the Cage Travolta '90s nostalgia. That's all. That's enough said. Yeah. Cage one-liners. It's it's worth it. Go check it out. Paramount Plus. Craig. Yeah, yeah. That was, was a good conversation. Uh, a movie that exceeded my expectations. In all honesty. Um, so. Craig, have yeah. you seen the sixty minutes episode? Uh, sixty minutes interview yet? That I saw. No, I didn't. Who who's it about? Nicholas Cage. He was on no. sixty minutes last night. Oh, last night. Yeah. It's in it's in the yeah. link in the thread. Go yeah. check it out. <clears throat> Face off. 
We'll see everybody and talk to everybody next week for a new episode, as always, every Monday, 5.30 p.m. here on Amos Walk Productions. Or you can listen to the audio version every Monday night, 6 p.m., wherever you listen to podcasts. Blood Diamond next week right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Later. Bye.